How often do we stop to acknowledge if the words we are speaking to our child or our spouse are ones of encouragement or if they are words of discouragement and do we know how it looks when we unintentionally criticize those we love? The Healing Mama Podcast. I'm your host, Danny Bonsignor, and I am so thankful you are here today. I pray that I can help encourage you to feel, to love, to heal, and to help encourage you to view all of your experiences, your conversations, and interactions all through a lens of love. All right. Hello and welcome to episode number three. Last week I left you with something to focus on for the last couple of weeks and I am curious to know how that went for you. If you were able to reduce the amount of negative words you speak to yourself and if this has affected the way and the words you use to speak and think about those around you. I am really excited to talk about this topic today and to do some self-reflecting about the words that we speak to our child and or our spouse on a daily basis. So we are going to just jump right into it. I believe that what we need to know will always be revealed to us at the perfect timing And I remember when my daughter was a baby and I heard something that really stuck with me. It was something along the lines of how many commands do you give your child in an hour, in a day? And I really started to pay more attention to this and I didn't like what I noticed. I was constantly telling my daughter what to do, how to play, where to go, and honestly, it was really, really uncomfortable for me to realize this. I think that we avoid realizations like this because the enemy wants us to avoid being uncomfortable and avoid change. Good and necessary change does not happen in our comfort zones. It also put into perspective how we can unknowingly be doing something that isn't the best for our child. Loving our child isn't enough. We always need tools and just hearing something that can seem so simple can be so life changing. The words that we speak to ourselves and to our children are so important because the words that we speak and the way that we view things, this is what creates the experiences that we live. This is how the cycle is able to repeat itself by teaching our children to be exactly like us. And do you love how you respond and react? Do you love the thoughts that seem to come to mind more often than others? How do you treat yourself? How do you treat your spouse? 
Do you think it would be beneficial to your children to raise them to be exactly like you are at this moment? How many times in an hour are we encouraging our children? Encouraging them with words, encouraging them to think for themselves, encouraging them to figure it out. How many times in an hour are we discouraging them? Allowing them to do something or having them help us only to redo it or instruct them how to do it like we do. I don't think that toddlerhood is the time for our child to know how to load the dishwasher perfectly or know exactly where to put their clothes. I think it's the time where they find joy in doing these activities with us and it's a really good time to ask ourselves how can we build them up and help them to continue finding joy in these things. There is joy to be found in the seemingly mundane tasks of our everyday And what a privilege it is that we get to teach this to our children. There is more than one correct way to do things, and my way is not the only way. There is so much good that can come from allowing our children to figure out their own way of doing things. They get to see how we do something, and then they get to make it their own. Now is the time to build them up so that when they are older, they want to do these things. If every time your toddler helps you and you criticize them or you change the way they did it, what are we communicating to them? That the way they did it wasn't good enough? Are you excited to do something if you have someone constantly making you feel like you aren't doing it right? which leads to feeling like you aren't good enough. I had to ask myself, do I want to constantly be criticizing my child? The definition of the word nag is to criticize. Do I like when I am being nagged? Does it make me feel good when I am trying to do something and there is another person watching over me telling me everything I'm doing wrong. Another saying we use often is, there is more than one way to do something, and my way is not the only way. It's important to me that my children know that I don't expect them to do everything like I do. I want to foster that creative energy that children come by naturally. I want that to grow. Not allowing our children to question us or to ask why can lead to resentment in our parent-child relationship later down the road. Imagine you are going about your day and there is someone next to you all day and they are constantly making comments about how you are doing something. No, not like that. No, we don't do that. Watch out, you're going to mess that up. Oh wow, that was a really big bite. Slow down when you're drinking that. Would hearing this every day 
over and over make you feel confident? Would this make you feel encouraged to keep learning? If we ask our child a question or whether or not they want something and then we say, are you sure? Or we offer them something else? Are we teaching them to second guess themselves? Teaching them that they cannot trust themselves? Sure, children are remarkable and they won't grow up to be exactly like us but they will grow to be a lot like us in how they perceive and respond to themselves and to others around them. I like to pause and ask myself, am I encouraging my daughter to think for herself or am I encouraging her to think just like me? We live in a fast-paced society and we apply this to our children. We must be patient and allow them to figure it out while trusting that they will and that they are capable of figuring it out. If we are self-reflecting and making sure that we are holding ourselves to the same expectations that we are holding our child to and we are living out what we expect of them, then we have to trust they will learn this but in their own way and in their own time. The words we speak hold so much power, but our actions hold even more. If our child loses their cool and then we respond by matching that energy while expecting our child to be able to rein in their emotions, but we as their parents can't even do this for ourselves, this makes us hypocrites. How can they learn to handle their emotions when we are not modeling to them a way to do this? Being mindful of the words we speak to ourselves, our children, and our spouses can create an overall better experience, but we have to be willing to hold ourselves accountable. Do we speak words of encouragement to our spouses? Do we speak words of encouragement to ourselves? Are we constantly telling our spouses what to do? I think that this can also be tied into respect and trust. Do we respect our spouse and our children? Do we respect ourselves? Do we trust our spouses to do their part? Do we trust our children? Do we trust ourselves? What are we afraid of? When we are reacting out of instinct to our spouses and our children, we are really reacting out of fear. But this fear is hidden behind so many layers that we might not even know what the fear is. What are we scared of? And is this a fear that we want to continue living with? Or is this a fear that is not our own? and was subconsciously passed down to us by our parents and their parents before them. We carry so many burdens that are not ours to carry, and this affects so many aspects of our lives, and the saddest part is we aren't even aware of it. The fear of our child making a mess because maybe we were punished for this as a child but then we pass this on to our children when really 
all we needed was someone who allowed us the space and the grace to mess up and learn from a mistake. It's easy to do what so many others are doing, but what if we focused on building a firm foundation of love, respect, kindness, and healthy boundaries? What if we trusted our children enough to learn from us and our focus was on connection and instead of instruction? Our toddlers do not have to have perfect manners at the age of two, but if we show them manners and respect in how we talk to them, to our spouses, and to those around us, and we are patient, eventually they will learn this on their own. How much more meaningful would conversation be because your child wants to do something and not because they've been taught they have to do something? How much more meaningful would it be if our child did something and it wasn't because they were fearful of our reaction? Our children are going to grow up and they are going to figure out things on their own. Do we want to raise them to listen to those around them or to formulate their own thoughts and opinions and responses? Do we want them to be obedient and do things just because they are told? Or do we want to encourage them to be bold and to ask questions? And I don't think this goes hand in hand with being respectful because I think that our children will be respectful if we are respectful to them and to those around us. If we stopped talking at our children and we started talking to them, what would happen? What kind of relationship could we cultivate? If our children saw us living out what we expect of them and we stopped with the old do as I say and not what I do mentality, would our children be more likely to do what we hope for them? Eventually our children realize whether we just talk the talk or we walk the walk. If we are parenting from a place of criticism and we are being hypocrites, we can't blame our children if they stop listening to the words or the lessons we try to teach them. We can't blame them for wanting to do things differently. If our focus was on connection instead of constant instruction, what could that mean for the behavior of our child? If we know that children are more likely to learn from what they see us do than by what we tell them, are we using valuable time where we could be forming a loving and trusting foundation in which all else can grow on the wrong things? I don't believe toddlers need to be perfectly well-mannered. I believe that by using manners myself, my child will learn from how I interact with her and others, and in her own time, she will use manners. I don't believe in holding my child to a higher standard than I myself can obtain. I've learned a lot about myself by focusing on showing up as the person I want my daughter to show up as. If I want her to be respectful, 
I'll teach her this by being respectful myself. If I want her to be patient, I will teach her this by first being patient myself. If I want her to learn how to control her emotions, I will teach her this by first learning how to control my emotions. If I want her to be able to compromise or work well with others, how can I teach her this by always expecting her to just accept what I say, by not allowing her to question me or giving an explanation for why? I first have to be willing to compromise and be willing to figure out how to work well with her. It starts with us, and it starts with how we handle situations behind closed doors. Tomorrow is never promised, but I'm not living life in fear of no tomorrow, and I'm choosing to believe there is time, and this allows me to give my daughter time to grow into these traits. My focus is not raising an obedient human. I don't think obedience is what she will need for the world that she is growing up in. I want her to be so rooted in love that she can handle anything that comes her way. I want her to be a problem solver, to formulate her own thoughts and opinions. I want her, most importantly, to be who she is and not who I think she should be. My focus is on connection, and I believe the rest will fall into place. For me, I found that I am a more encouraging mother and even spouse when my focus is on my own actions, on my own reactions, and my focus is on handling my own emotions. It's easier to turn a blind eye on our own actions and focus too much on the actions of others. I've noticed that when this is the case, our focus on our children or our spouse isn't always coming out in a loving and encouraging way. The enemy wants to create division in our home and I believe that this is how it starts by pointing a finger at everyone else but ourselves. When I'm focused on myself and my own actions, then my reaction to others is able to be more loving, more kind, and more understanding because I am not coming from a place of avoidance. Another thing I wanted to touch on, not to get too off topic, but I think some may feel like parenting out of love and kindness means that you never get upset and that you are perfectly patient all the time and this couldn't be farther from the truth. I get frustrated, I get mad, I get overwhelmed, but it's what I do in these moments that makes all the difference. Taking out my frustration on my child is not something I do, and it's not something I think is okay, but pretending like we don't have these emotions is also not okay. These moments are a perfect time to teach my daughter that I'm human, and that even though I'm having a challenging moment, this is no excuse to take this out on her or to treat her poorly. 
that I love her and I enjoy being with her and that I might be feeling XYZ, but that it will pass. It's an opportunity for her to see how I handle this. I always remind her that this is not her fault and she did not do anything to make me feel the way that I am feeling. Nobody else is responsible for how we feel. We are responsible for how we feel. A victim mentality comes from learning to place blame for our feelings and our actions on someone else, thus giving our power away. Can you imagine how freeing it would be if you stopped viewing the actions of your spouse or your child as an attack on you? If you were able to stop and remind yourself that the words or the way they are acting has nothing to do with you. Being able to take a step back instead of escalating the situation. Offering our spouse or our child grace and leading with a forgiving heart because we know that no good comes from adding shame or placing blame. Our children are good people, and if we know that our spouse is a good person, then we can recognize if the way they are acting is truly them, or if it is a gateway to create division within our relationship. Acknowledgement takes more than love and good intentions. It takes awareness and skill, and this takes practice, so it's important that while we are learning this new way to view and to think, we are being extra generous in the grace department. The power of being able to acknowledge our actions and to be aware and present is that it gives us a way to express empathy in our words and if we don't have the right words then remaining quiet and giving space is a good place to start what makes being conscious of our reactions difficult is that when our children get upset we get more upset and our emotions get in the way of our ability to recognize and to accept their feelings or our ability to focus on a solution rather than the problem. There are a lot of things I might grow to do differently, but always choosing to respond to my daughter with empathy, with love, kindness, understanding, and respect, no matter how she is acting or what she did, won't be one of them. I think it's important to weigh the risks in certain situations and to ask ourselves which will be more beneficial to our children. Allowing them the space and the grace to learn from natural consequences as much as possible or telling them over and over to do something a certain way and communicating to them that we don't trust them enough to figure it out on their own. A simple example of this could be a spilled drink. We keep moving the cup from the edge of the table and we are constantly telling our child that they have to watch out 
or they are going to spill their drink and we do this over and over instead of allowing them to learn on their own that when their cup is too close to the edge, it will spill. One scenario allows them to learn from natural consequences that when their water is too close to the edge, it will spill. And one scenario is another way of reminding our child we don't trust them or that they won't do it the right way so we don't even give them the opportunity to learn the lesson that can come from making a mistake. Every single day, in every situation, we have the beautiful opportunity to build our children up by allowing them to learn things naturally as much as possible, by being patient and trusting them to figure it out. Or we have the opportunity to tear them down, to plant little seeds of doubt in their minds that they cannot do it right and that we don't trust them which can eventually turn into them not trusting themselves. It's so easy to want to be in constant control, but the reality is that we are not in control. God is in control, and when we can relinquish this ever-present need to want to control our child or our spouse, beautiful, beautiful things can start to transpire. There is a little mantra that I have been repeating to my daughter for the better half of her life, and not only is it for her, but it helps remind me as well. And we have even made it into a little song because I have found that when we sing phrases, they are more fun for her, and it goes like this. We can't control other people. We can only control ourselves. And this applies more than to just strangers or people outside of our home. This applies to our children too. So it's a much needed reminder to myself that I am not meant to control my child. They are their own person apart from us and it is so amazing to watch them formulate their own thoughts and their own ideas and that is something that we want to foster, something we need to encourage because our children will grow into adults one day. Every time we open our mouths, we need to ask ourselves, are the words I am about to say encouraging? Am I coming from a place of love? What do I want my child to take away from what I am about to say? It is such a beautiful honor to get to raise children. And I can't help but imagine how wonderful it would be for your inner voice to just be uplifting, to believe in yourself, to have complete trust in yourself, to be confident in your actions and to know that no problem is too big. We have the greatest honor of helping our children to cultivate an inner voice that is encouraging, grace-giving, loving, understanding, and kind. This doesn't just apply to how we speak to our children, it applies to how we speak to ourselves as well. 
it is not enough to just be encouraging and mindful of the words that we are using with our children. We have to be encouraging and mindful of the words that we are using when we speak to and about ourselves as well. Just as our words will become the inner voice of our children, one day our children will start to notice how we treat ourselves. And no matter how we treat them, they may grow to think that this is the way I am supposed to treat myself. This is how adults treat themselves because they learn from us and even more, they want to learn from us. I think it is important to start with how we treat ourselves because to a certain extent, the words that we speak to our children, we do so unknowingly. And the outer voice we use to our children is the same inner voice we use on ourselves. It is not enough to just love our children. We have to do more than give them unconditional love. We have to give them patience, grace, and understanding. We have to give ourselves patience, grace, and understanding. When we can do this for ourselves, then we can extend this to our children subconsciously and unconditionally. This was a lot today, but I hope Today's episode encourages you to reflect on yourself with loving eyes and that you can do so with a grace-led heart and be kind to yourself and it is never too late to learn something new and to improve the way we view circumstances and situations. When we know better, it is up to us to do better. So, In closing today, I want to leave you with something to focus on for the next two weeks. We worked on refraining from thinking, saying negative words to ourselves the last two weeks, and so now I want you to start getting into the habit of when we go to react to our child, let the first words out of our mouth be encouraging and focus on connecting with our child, and save teaching them a lesson for after they have calmed down. I release a new episode every other Monday, and I would love if you shared with me how this goes for you. Some ideas of the words that we can speak to our children could be any of the following. You are wonderful. You are doing so well learning new things. You are so capable. You are so loved. You always amaze me. Your potential is unlimited. Watching you learn new things is so beautiful. God always reveals to us what we need to know and always in perfect timing. So you being here today and finding this episode was not by chance. Let us be life-giving, encouraging, 
loving and let us provide a safe space for our children to learn and to feel. Until next time.